is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Welcome to episode 58 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Sam Winstanley, and the three co-hosts, Rich Setrone, Dave Hart, and Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Not bad. Yeah, I've just driven for an hour through the pouring rain, so th- thanks for waiting for me. Yeah, no problem. We're recording pretty late tonight, right? This is a late one. Not a loose one, because I'm on the Huel, not the alcohol today. So <laughs> I'll keep it buttoned up this week. <laughs> if you hear any yeah. uh, any snoring or, or some, some strange drops, maybe I've, I've fallen asleep at the wheel. Yeah. So I apologise in advance. Just hammering <laughs> random buttons on the machine. Um, so, listen, I think we've got to get straight into it right this week. Um, a lot of stuff happened sort of immediately after we recorded last week's episode, unfortunately. So, um, Gav, are you still harbouring that news drop? Somewhere. Here it is. Okay, so we probably should have done an emergency podcast for this, for this in, in all honesty, but obviously last week, the day after we recorded, the Titans game was moved all the way out to week seven, uh, which moved the Ravens game out to week eight. And this, of course, is due to the Titans COVID outbreak, which we started talking about on last week's show, but it kind of felt like when we recorded that that was going to be played on the Monday. Um, now this effectively, you know, we will talk about all the Titans aspects of it in a minute, but this leaves the Steelers from their point of view playing 13 games in a row. Um, the bye week's been moved, obviously, to week three, which we've just experienced. Uh, Tomlin, when asked how he felt about this, said he didn't care and then gave a death stare to the guy who asked him. Um, and all this has caused, you know, as you can imagine, a massive um, Ferrari. What's the word? I didn't use that. Right. That wasn't the right word, was it? It's almost Ferrari. Ferrari. Uproar would have been the better word, right? Um, amongst the fan base, you know, Twitter's going wild, which is, you know could become my catchphrase. Um, the question is really, you know, what do you guys think in terms of the advantage or disadvantage of this? I know, Gav, you told me you think maybe this is something that a good team should get over, but Ben came out today and said that, you know, he felt that they got the short end of the stick and that, you know, he was just getting rolling and the game was postponed. So, you know, where do you guys all fall on this? Did we get the short end of the stick on this, do you think? Were we disadvantaged by this? I think it's possible for both of those things to be true. I think I think it is unfortunate the game was cancelled. Um you know, the Steelers felt like they were on a roll there and no one wants their, their buyer to come early. But on the other hand, I think this is something they could just take in their stride. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe you get that momentum coming in from the buy going forward and it just carries on for the rest of the season. And, and there's loads of people done loads of looking into how the early buyers affected Steelers in the past. And, and it's actually not affected them that badly before. They've actually had come a few championship runs have come with early buyers. So a team like this with this, with this kind of strength in the in the roster, I'm not too worried. Yeah, I think. Sorry, I think um, it, no, it's it, we have got a short end of the stick, but at the same time, I feel like the Steelers have always been a bit of a momentum team, at least as long as I've been watching. That that sort of first two weeks is just getting going, still warming up the engine, and then after that, they gradually build up speed. I always felt I sometimes felt like the bye week gets in the way a little bit. Mm. That it just sort of you've got this great momentum going, and then there's the bye week comes in everyone rests and gets a little bit lazy and it's sort of take, they have to get going again after the bye week. So I, I sometimes feel like the bye week's a bit of a disadvantage to the Steelers just because they're a, a kind of a momentum team. But um, yeah, we, we have got the short end of the stick on it all. It, I mean, I know, I don't know if you want to jump into the thoughts on 
on the Titans, but it's sort of when you start finding yourself agreeing with agreeing with Mark Madden on Twitter, <laughs> think things are quite a dark time, aren't they? You know, it's sort of you know, yeah. yeah I think yeah. Um, it's it's sort of the way it's been handled hasn't been particularly fair on on, on the Steelers and the Titans. It should have, in my opinion, should have been forced to put out what they've got. But hey, what do I know? Yeah, I um. I was ready to throw my toys out the pram, to be honest about this, and Gav kind of talked me off the ledge, I think, with, with some sensible thinking, which you know is often the case. Um, Rich, what are your thoughts over there? What, what's kind of the, the the feel over there? Do you think we got we got shafted here? Yeah, I mean, we I think we did. You know, for 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 the momentum reason, and also, you know, where we were before in our bye week was a nice spot to rest up your players. Yeah. You know, for that for that home stretch. And now, if we had it so early in the season, it's you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little rougher, sure. you know, because yeah. you know by by week eight, you know, people are hurting pretty good, and they're I'm sure they're looking forward to that week off. So now we got to go straight through. So I would say, you know, we it hurt us, but it's nothing this team can't overcome. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm convinced still that you know we we could definitely this is a Super Bowl team. We could definitely uh, we could definitely get there. It's worth pointing out, like you say as well, that, that moving the bye week means that the Ravens, I think, now have a bye week before they play us. Is that right? I think I think that's right. Yeah, I think week seven. Yeah, um, which, you know, you can look at that one way or another, right? But that, that's probably not positive for, for us in a, in a game against a rival at the Ravens. Um, I, I kind of want to know, I mean, we've seen today as well that the, the Texans, this is kind of blown up a little bit. It, it felt at first that the Texans were going to kind of weasel the way out of this a little bit. Uh, sorry, not the Texans, the Titans. The Titans are going to weasel the way out of this in terms of they've got two days without any positive COVID tests the last two days, and then they get another one today, which now sheds some serious doubt about the Bills game this week that they're supposed to host. Um, it feels to me like there's no way that can be played now. Um, and then you start getting into questions of, you know, are they going to have to forfeit that game? And then if they do forfeit that game, should they then have to forfeit the game that we just passed? Because to me, I don't think there's any argument that the NFL could make that they should forfeit one game and not the other. I don't know if anyone agrees with that or disagrees. But why, why are you so certain they couldn't play? Because I mean, the Patriots played with with positive players. I think there's a bit of a difference, though. I mean, the the Patriots at least initially looked like a, a singular case. Obviously, since then they've been, and that only adds to that argument is that you know Gilmore's come out and tested positive, right, with the Patriots. So. Firstly, it goes to show that the testing can be a little bit delayed potentially. Um, maybe people aren't testing positive when you know the virus is a little bit underneath the surface. Uh, and secondly, the Titans have clearly had a major problem. They've, 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 the NFL has said that they have to have two days without any COVID tests uh, to play a game. And today is Wednesday, so we're going to just assume that they don't have any more positive tests the next couple of days. I don't know. It strikes me as unlikely, but. I mean, it's a dodgy situation, definitely. And um, I mean, is it is it fair for them to forfeit a game? Well, just to keep the season rolling. Originally, I would have been a little bit iffy about that, but then all this comes out about the players having unauthorized training sessions today. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah I've seen that. that. Yeah. So, so a lot's come out today, Gav. You might you probably work, but a lot's come out today online and in sort of Ian Rappaport and, and those that have been reporting on it that. There's there's video and images of the Titans players, including Ryan Tannehill, getting together to have training sessions during the time that the, um, the facility was closed because of this COVID outbreak, uh, and that's kind of what's fueled the fire now that people supposedly there's an investigation going on with the NFL and 
you know, who knows where we go from there. We could be talking massive fines. We could be talking draft picks. We, we don't know what's going to go on with that yet. But um, the, it seems to have opened the door, I think, a little bit more for the feasibility aspect of, of, of sort of almost blaming the Titans for what's happened. Whereas before it was almost kind of, oh, you know, the poor Titans. Now it feels a little bit more like people are ready to heap blame on them. Uh, and that might result in the forfeit of games, I think. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. I mean, if they can't control what's going on, then they've brought it on themselves and they've brought it on the league. So they, they should be punished yeah. if it comes out that that's true that they're letting stuff like that happen. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised just to get away from football for one second. It's happened, it's happened in, in, my, in my industry. I've heard about people lying about positive tests just to go to work and, and then it's spreading. Mm. So if it's happening in, on a small scale and not a very important things like what I do, then if it's happening, you know, people are doing it all over the, the world probably. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. It's tough, and I think this is going to keep happening. And what I said, you know, as soon as this happened, was you know this is all very well and good now, when this is the first COVID case we've had since the season started. But you know what happens when this happens in week ten or week twelve? You know, and there's no more bye weeks. Well, as as we've said as well, I mean they could start bringing in more bye weeks and pushing games back. And but but then why is to me this should have been built into the season. You know, I I don't know what the the logistical limits are on this, but the NFL season is a very short one. You know, it goes on for what three four months, including the playoffs. Uh, things should have been pushed open to a wider scale. We should have had you know built in league wide bye weeks if we felt that we you know in case we need to utilize them and. I don't know, I just feel like the contingencies weren't there for this, considering this was not only a real possibility, but a likelihood. Yeah, and why, and why did they force the Pats to play? That, how's that fair? Yeah, yeah. How, did, how come they had yeah. to play and, and clearly were, were subpar because, because of what they had at quarterback? I mean, you could say they were nearly going into the, into the season with those quarterbacks, but let's not go there. But, um, yeah, how's, how's that fair? Yeah, no, it's totally true. It's one, not often that one, I feel one, bad one, for the Pats. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not often that I feel bad for the Pats, but they did get shafted, in, in, and they got shafted in the game as well, by the way, with a horrible, um, the refs sort of calling something not a fumble, it clearly was. But but anyway, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's To me, it, it's just, someone there is now making judgment calls, right, is the problem. And, and that's why now you see a lot of people coming out saying there's an asterisk on the season already, and, you know, and I hate that kind of talk, but, you know, to an extent, people are going to feel that way, right? It, People are now making judgment calls and the question of fairness, you know. Miami's talking about opening up the stadium to 65,000 fans, you know. So where, do, where does the fairness angle come into that? It, it, it's starting to get muddy, I think, and, and this is all as a result of not being able to have a bubble. You know, things were, things were going too swimmingly, I think, the first three weeks. and, and We've seen things start to melt a little at the foundations and now it's a question of can we wrangle it back together? Can, it, can we rebuild or... Or are things going to get worse from here with, with every day in Rappaport's tweets coming out saying that someone else has tested positive at a different club? How, how hard would it be to actually implement a bubble? I'm, I'm in no way a logistical, knowledgeable person. So how hard would it be to bubble everyone in the NFL? It would be so. It would be pretty hard, I think. Almost impossible. I mean, in terms of in, if you want to bubble them in one place... That's that's not happening. Yeah, that's infeasible. So then, so then you have people travelling from one bubble to another. So, I guess I guess you could get you know to me it makes sense just to put them all in hotels, and and yeah. do, do a sort of like a semi kind of you know don't go out don't go out into the real world which I guess they're kind of doing anyway, but you, you're not going to get like a Disney World situation. Hmm. You need like a mega complex. Yeah. But I was going to say you know it's a, it's a crazy season and, I mean. 
not from a fairness angle, but from a kind of entertainment angle, it's quite interesting with all the injuries. And I don't know if you know people play fantasy football, but it's bonkers, man. It's like people people are starting people that you didn't even consider, you know, before. It's just like desperation, moonshot. I need I need three points from someone. Yeah, it's just think, crazy. I think fantasy's gone into meltdown with <laughs> with all this, not knowing whether to play players from t- certain teams and not being able to move players out because you know does COVID count as an injury? Yeah. I, I started I started Nick Mullins in my fantasy football team because I wasn't sure <laughs> if Pat Mahomes was going to play oh, or dear play that game, and therefore I lost in my I'd, I'd have risked yeah. it. <laughs> Did you? I thought oh, I thought Mullins would give me a safe twenty points. That's all I needed. Nope. Anyway, quarterbacks, I might be willing to make a trade with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I've seen you making some moves anyway let's not go down the fantasy wormhole no one cares about your fantasy team Gav God yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a you know it's a, it's a microcosm of what's yeah, going on around yeah. the league isn't it yeah it, it's it's killing us but uh, yeah listen there's not a lot more you can say is there but I think this I, I just this should have been handled better from the start I think they had so long they were the last sport to go man you know they this they had months to watch MLB and, and NBA kind of prepare for this before they had to even start to deal with this. You know, remember all the time we spent talking about it in the off season. So you know, I wish there'd been a little bit more time and and, and planning gone into this. And I'm sure there was, but it, but it's clearly not up to snuff. I don't know what else you do though. What what would the, you the, do? There should have been inbuilt bye weeks, Gavin. It, it should have been the season. Well, we should, we should have gone into the season expecting it to take you know twenty twenty four weeks rather than seventeen. To me, it just seems completely uh, naive to, to presume that we were going to get through seventeen games with, especially when there's no, you know, people, are, the players are free to go out, right? And, and but do do you think people are running around at NFL headquarters with their hair on fire? I don't. I I think that this like is all in these last few days. They've got. I don't know. The, the, the messaging seems relatively clear from them. You know, like get the tests, and if there's positive tests. We push it back, and then if the if if you're still getting positive tests when we want to play Monday or Tuesday night, we postpone the game. I don't know what what, what more do you want from them? Well, how, okay, okay. Well, we'll see how that goes when we keep start postponing games every week, and it's not as easy as postponing one game and moving a bye week. You know, it's not going to be that simple for every game. I don't know. Yeah, the, the off the off season is very long. They couldn't push the season back and back as as far as they want really can't they and and still have a a super amount of time for recovery and and rest and what have you would there be uproar rich if they moved the super bowl past the sacred date i mean i suppose you know i don't think that would be such a big deal um it's just a tough situation and you know i've never been a big goodell fan i think he's you know i don't think he's worth his 40 million dollars a year he makes um and uh I don't think he was prepared for it. I think he's, I think they pretty much got some safety measures put in place. You know, they did everything that they thought they could at the moment. And then they said, okay, now we're going to play it by ear. You know, I don't know if they had anything set up really for, Hey, if teams, teams do start to get wiped out with this virus, how are we going to handle it? You know, I'm not so sure, but I like, you know, you guys know me. I mean, I've said from the beginning, I like the bubble thing. I like at least a semi bubble. I mean, you know, you go, You, you 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 keep these guys, you know, as a team somewhere throughout the, the entire season. And that's it. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it before. I When I worked with Gavin out in the UK, I was out there for what, eight months? You know, I didn't see my family for eight months. I mean, so you can do it. It's not like it's going to kill you. It's just that, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they don't want to do it. And it's understandable. They have babies and families and stuff. But I mean, these are desperate times. You know, you want to. 
you know, you want to get this done. You want to get an NFL season in the books. And, you know, right now, who knows at this point? I, I totally agree with you, Richard. I mean, look, at it's, it's a four-month sport, right, at the end of the day. I mean, that can, that can totally be done. Look at cricket. You know, if anyone over here watches cricket, some of those guys got to Australia and stay there for, for nigh on a year, right? <laughs> Just yeah. so... Uh, yeah, it, it can totally be done. It's totally feasible to to keep these guys, like you say, in, in a team together. They can, they can travel to get to the games, but you know, there's a kind of extended training camp kind of thing. But anyway, anyway, we, we better move on because we get stuck on this all day. Um, but the point is that you know, when it comes to week eight, uh, we won't record a podcast and just go back and listen to last week's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just clip it and drop it in. Yeah, just yeah. Nobody will know the difference. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought now it would give us like a, a nice week to book holidays or you know go do something fun. Uh, I thought now would be a good time, given that we had a bye week and and you know there's no game to go over. We got a bit of time on our hands to sort of check in with the NFL in general. Obviously, every week we kind of check in with the AFC North. Uh, maybe this would be a chance to kind of look around and, and reevaluate where we are from four weeks ago. Kind of think about some of the teams that have maybe surprised us and some of the teams that, that have let us down. Um, so I, I want to start at the top a little bit, and I'll uh, I'll go first with my my huge mistake, and then let you guys jump in. What what teams do you still view as legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Right, I mean it's only four weeks, there's thirty two teams, but how narrow are you will you know how narrowly are you willing to to wind it down the road of legitimate Super Bowl contenders at this point? Um, I picked the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. I'm rapidly, rapidly backing off that pick. Um, but 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 I would kind of lay it out there as the, the teams I have written down are the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and then as kind of question mark teams, I've got Saints, Pats, Steelers. Um, where do you guys all sit? I know I know obviously you're all so you, obsessed. You, you're with jumping the... around conferences there. We, uh, I mean, you missed out the Bills there. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me don't make me make the, the bills argument again <laughs> are, you, are you not on the bills train yet no i'm not on the bills train. I'm, in fact it's almost becoming a bit of a joke that i'm totally off the bills train because everybody else is on it i've been on it jumped, can... jumped on it through a table and got back on it again yeah this is this is your this is your pony ride it dave come on yeah <laughs> it's, i don't I, I i get your argument i get that you're not convinced but i don't understand after four weeks what you're not convinced by yet What's not yet to convince you about the Bills? I think the, don't be wrong. Listen, I think the Bills will win the AFC East. I think that the Bills are a good team. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, I, I'm not convinced that when we see the Bills come up against the best teams, that they're designed to go out there and beat them. I think Josh Allen's capable of making some mistakes. I know everyone's like desperate to crown Josh Allen the MVP this season um, after four weeks. And listen, he's great with the ball. He's much. He's clearly a better thrower than people gave him credit for, right? I'll, I'll give him that. I think he's an above-average quarterback in the league right now. Um, but I think, I think initially, I think, what was what was going on? Sorry to interrupt. You're talking about him making his throws. Before, like last season, he was making the really difficult throws yeah. look easy, and the easy throws are really difficult. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to have cleaned that up. So now he's just making absolute laser throws all over the field and doing the accuracy stuff. So I, I, I don't, don't think I, Josh Allen's the problem, though. Is is the I thing? He's making a giant leap. I think, yeah, I think Josh Allen is is better than we all expected. That, that that's not really the Bills' problem. I, I think that 
the Bills' defense is worse than we expected. I thought the Bills' defense was going to be one of the best defenses in the league. I think they've been a bit leaky. I think you could see that coming from the uh, the Rams game, which frankly they should have lost. Um, but they didn't because of a bad PI call. And people are going to go back and say, "Yeah, but this and that happened earlier in the game." Well, I don't care. Listen, with with you know, twenty seconds left in the game, the the, the offense should have been off the field, but a bad PI call saved them. So that's a three and one team right there. If that if that didn't happen. Um, and the Rams, you know, uh, okay. The Rams are looking okay this season. They aren't amazing. And what I'm saying is they had a massive lead on the Rams and totally... Uh, I know, Gav, you've got this theory, right, that you bet on teams that are down big because you let the, the, you let the foot off the gas, but uh, do that with the Chiefs and see how it goes. Hmm. I, I'm not well, sold by this team as a whole. Uh, as being a Super Bowl contender right now. I just think they're in a the mix. I just think I think the addition of Diggs hot, yeah. has like worked out wonders, and they're just a team on fire. Um, Moss goes out, Singletary's popping off. It's all it's all it's all, all offenses going full full tilt. So I don't know how after four, after the four games we've seen how you could say they're not in the mix. Okay, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll add them to the question mark list. <laughs> <laughs> Will that satisfy you? Right. Who else is on that question, Mark? The Saints, the Pats, and us. You're down on us. I know. Anyway, I know you all think I'm down on us, but maybe that's just my natural cynicism coming in. But um, so, listen, out of that team, is there anyone that, that you think shouldn't be there? Out of those teams that I've mentioned, Chiefs, the Ravens, the Packers, the Hawks, the Bucks, Saints, the Pats, and Steelers. No, the Seahawks are looking great. I mean, Russell was absolutely on fire, right? And yeah. I, I owe apology to Schottenheimer. He seems to have uh, <laughs> overcome himself. This is himself. your hill early in the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this has always been my hill for a long time. So I, I don't know if someone's like chained his hands to a desk and I don't know what they're doing to him, but he, he, he's calling plays like we've not seen that of him before. So he's, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking great. So yeah, and, and he, he's looking like the MVP, right? Russ, which he should have been last year, probably at, at this stage. Um, Saints? I'm not sure about the Saints, man. Yeah, well, that's I've downgraded them to the question mark tier. That's why. Oh, right, yeah, right. because yeah. they, uh, yeah, Breeze is looking like he's fallen off a hill a little bit. But we'll see if that changes. And where where, um, where will you put the Bucks? Are they in your question mark or are they in the, the Bucks? Contender? Are kind of the last team in the contender group. But these are all contenders. But but the question marks are maybe more loose content, pink star contenders. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure about the Bucks either. I'm not. Uh... Well, I wasn't. I've kind of upgraded them a little bit after the last three weeks. So I, th- I love that defense, man. I just think I know it's the the hipster take, but forget Brady. I just think that defense is great. And I think that Brady's kind of he, he can do the Duncan. The, he's clearly making more mistakes than he than he used to, but if yeah, he doesn't kill him. Yeah, the are ugly, man. Yeah, they are ugly. But if he doesn't kill him and he can make those drives that he's clearly still able to do. I'll tell you who's surprising me is the Panthers. Oof. I thought they were going to be a lot worse than they are. Are you, are you with me on that? I think I, I, oh, I, yeah, I definitely, put them, definitely better they're knocking at the door of, of question mark almost. Oh, really? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I'd be saying that they surprised me by the fact that they're not irrelevant. I wouldn't say that they're... I don't know. It just feels like there's something happening there. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's me. They're, they're like my sneaky, like uh, my Titans pick last year. They like, could just sneak in. Like Arizona you know, was for me this year, and then they've quickly... Um, <laughs> they, they look great in the first three weeks, and then last week was a bit of a... Because Teddy's safe, man. You, you know, he's, he, he doesn't he doesn't throw games away. Yeah. And when no, they get, you know, yeah. CMC back. 
CMC out. Although they've actually won games without CMC, whereas they lost them when he was in, right? Um, yeah, but that's just that's just one of those yeah, weird things. It's not weird real. Stat, yeah. um, Dave, what were you going to say? Where, where are you feeling with these teams? Anyone that you want to include? Uh, I, I don't want to include them as a Super Bowl contender, but they're a team that surprised me, but have also frustrated me at the same time as the Lions. Because mm. I really like Stafford. I think he, I, I'd love to see him on the Steelers. I mean, it's never going to happen because we can't afford the guy. And he's got like three-year contracts remaining with, in Detroit. But I thought they'd be absolute dog shit. I, I, I was expecting nothing. And they're one and three, to be fair. But like, there's glimmers in there of, of, of something going on. They, yeah. they added um, the guy we liked, uh, Swift. You know, and yeah. he's sort of finding his feet a little bit. Um, Galladay's doing well, Amendola, and they've, they've got those sort of glimmers of hope, but they can't get enough of a running game going to really take the pressure off Stafford. And it's just sort of, I feel like he's a guy just sort of lost in this quagmire, just trying to fight out of it. And he's he's fighting a losing battle, I think. But I'm surprised how well by by how well they are actually doing, despite being one and three. Does that make sense? Yeah, they, they've looked good, in, like especially in parts of games. Right? Yeah, which but that's that's been the Lions for a long time. For a long time, yeah. like under Caldwell, they'll they'll surprise you and play well, and and maybe do better than the sum of their parts or whatever. But then ultimately, they just disappoint. So yeah. I, I, I I don't know about that one, Dave. Until, know, until I, I think until there's serious changes there, I, I'm not willing to say that they're anything other than a middle middle of the pack team. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Patricia's. Uh... I know. I, I think he is the main, probably one of the biggest issues with that team. <laughs> yeah. they, they need to get him out of there. Sharpish. And um, I'm I'm going to give myself the inaugural one of these. <laughs> Falcons, that's not working that well. <laughs> I thought they were my dark. They're just like dead in a ditch. Yeah, you love the Falcons. Uh, but uh, uh, it was all predicated on the offense, and yeah, the offense is working. Great. Yeah. But they, they just cannot hold games, as we all know. I mean, it's shocking. It's it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. So, yeah. I they mean, are they're, last. They're doing Officially things. last in the NFC. Yeah, they're doing amazing things in terms of just probability, like stuff that you never ever see. Losing games back to back where they had like a ninety nine percent chance of winning and stuff like that. Amazing. Um, Rich, anyone that you love as a Super Bowl contender right now? Well, I gotta, you know, I gotta look at my. I still like the Steelers because I had the Steelers and the Cowboys, but I think, um, oh. yeah, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that 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 uh, Cowboy pick is going to come through. <laughs> Join me on the Cowboys train. <laughs> you know the off. Yeah, the offense isn't a problem. I mean, it's their defense is so bad. I just never expected that. But their their run game is really hurting. Yeah. Uh, without Vander Esch in there, the the run defense is really really hurting, and he because he he covered a lot of ground in the middle. Um, once they get him back, that's going to help. But I just don't know if they have enough on defense to turn this around. I think they need a few more bodies. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as MVP goes, I, I you know I think Russell Wilson's the guy right now. I mean, he's doing some amazing things. He's basically carrying that entire team on his back. And uh, I think Mahomes is right there too, and like you guys mentioned, Allen is there, and uh, Jackson's always going to be a, a possibility. You know, I think right now number two for MVP for me would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. I, you talk about a guy who's carrying a team on his back. I mean, he's got nothing. 
Yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah, he'll be the first to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Pat McAfee yesterday, right? He, what was it? He said that, um, uh, he's, he, you know, he hates when people are talking about his down years because his down year is is a career year for other quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just Aaron Rodgers, though, right? And it's so fu- it's so funny how predictable people can be, though, right? Because we said this, you know, what if drafting John Love would fire a, a light up his ass and he would. Uh, suddenly become the Aaron Rodgers of old and, and that's exactly what's happened, right? And you can see it in his face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you, you, yeah like when you say like who he's doing it with as well, Tonyan yeah. and, 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 you know, Williams catching passes. Yeah. He's like forcing the ball, but in a good way. It's crazy. So, I mean, he's yeah. he, it just goes to show that he's always been one of the best and he's just, I don't know what's happened these last few years where he's kind of fallen off, but... Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers strikes me as a personality-driven guy. You know, he has to be motivated, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but Let's I go think back to the, going back to the uh, Cowboys. Yeah. They, did you see they had the uh, the special teams karma? You know, they had all that luck with the uh, the the curling special teams play against the Falcons, where it came back and bit them against the arse, didn't it? Against the Browns with that uh, the, uh, the the block field goal return for two. You see that last week? Um, I don't know. Wait, you know I don't remember this. <laughs> That's a good play. Check it out. The okay. uh, Browns blocked their field goal and returned it, and it just was just a. Oh, sorry. No, I did watch. Play. Sorry. Yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it landed in like the. Uh... Oh, sorry. I thought this. No, this was. I'm thinking of the Browns extra point where they got two points out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what you're. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking you were talking about a Cowboys field goal. Sorry. No. No, no. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a nuts play. Um, no. I was uh, watching this um, with the Shant Club. I don't know if any of you saw this. What is that? <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. Shout, shout out to Pete. Um, they, they do a podcast over there, the Shant Club. Pete's a big Steelers fan, so he listens. So um, shout out to him. He's down in Brighton, probably listening to this now as he drives around in his van. And um, we all joined. There was a, a kind of a lot of us. Freddie joined for a bit. Freddie Harper Davis, who I'm sure you know, and uh, runs the NFL UK fan page and. Um, you know, a few different people joined, and and we just kind of talked through the early games basically. And the Browns Cowboys was the most exciting one. Pete had said that he was going to uh, dance around the room naked if if the Cowboys won, so that got a bit saucy at the end. But uh, yeah, just just a, a load of uh, pe- names that you probably recognise from the UK. Uh, just so is it like a Zoom watch party? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just mm-hmm. he just dropped me cool. a message and and said, "Do you want to come on?" So I, I was only going to go on for fifteen minutes to be honest, but I ended up just chatting for the. The whole early games. That was a mad game. It was. Brown, Brown's D for three quarters looked lights out awesome. Do you not think? I thought yeah. they looked amazing. And well, then they just completely crumbled. That's one team that surprised me a little bit. The Browns, right? I mean, are we ready to call the Browns a, uh, a playoff contender at least? I don't know, man. No. I mean, their, their no. run game's awesome. Beckham, when Beckham plays like that, that was, you know, that's the first time. Was it, was it being back in that stadium reminded him of his glory days you know, with the Giants and he just he had some magic because yeah, he was all over the place um, and the, and the, the you know the, the trickeration with, with Landry was awesome it was a great game I really enjoyed that game in fact I really enjoyed that whole the fact that Steelers weren't playing I, it, it was disappointing but I really enjoyed that red zone last weekend yeah. it was a good experience and we all learned when do you go for two after, after a touchdown quick spot test they must have said it about 25 times Wait, when what? do you go for two now? When, when, when do analytics say you should go for two after a touchdown? When? No, all fail. You weren't paying attention. When you're down by 14, you go for two. 
Why? Because if you <laughs> if you're down by fourteen, right, you score six, then you go for two, then you only need a touchdown and a, and a point after to win the game. Yeah. Whereas if you're down by two, get the just go for the point after the single point after the kick, then you need to go for then then if you if you don't if you just go for it again, you just tie the game. So there's like a margin. I can't even believe I'm having to explain this. This is well, like I mean, a joke. Explained, you've explained, it so you've many explained times. how the post. You've explained how the points work. I get that. I, I just don't know why the analytics. Yeah, but it's like the, analy- the analytics. Oh, you, you've turned me into them to commentate <laughs> the announcers, and I was taking the, the, the piss out of them because I kept saying it. It's like, and here's another example of why you have to go for two when you're down oh. by fourteen. So oh, man, okay. if you right. fail to convert, then what then? You've got well, to then you go again. for two next time. So you get you go for two shots for two. To tie the yeah, game. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, well, no, but the analytics, the maths say you should go for two, be aggressive on the first one, and then you only have to kick at the end. You're not putting all that. Uh, I, I don't live in the maths world. I live in the real world, baby. Well, you watch <laughs> it. They're all doing it. They all did it. Literally, it was it was like one team after another all did it, and <sighs> it was like proving the point. Can we clip that off Mathsman. as a sound drop, please, Kev? No. Scientists. <laughs> I live in the real world, baby. Um... <laughs> I want to talk about the Pats because the Pats are starting to scare me. Now, obviously, they lost this game, right, to the Chiefs. Um, but I, I thought Bill Belichick showed once again how far away he is as the best coach in the league because the way that he held that Kansas offense for three quarters um, to the point where you were thinking, you know, at halftime, how are they sat there on nine points when you feel like they've dominated this game? Well, this is an interesting point, actually, and it, it was something I've been thinking about mulling over. We've all been asking who 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 is the secret behind the Patriot dynasty, right? Is it Belichick? Is it is it um, Brady? Mm-hmm. Is, is it possible it was both, and it was a combination of both of them? Why 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 that longevity happened? I think it was and a then, combination, then, but yeah, I think so the... why why we what other combination? I mean, we've had Breeze and Peyton for all this time. Hmm. Why have they not had the same success that the Patriots have? So this is what I'd say to you. I think that if um, uh, if Drew Brees was on the Patriots, I think they would have the same success. Now that's not to say that Brady isn't isn't great, but but I think that there are people you could swap Brady out with, and you would have seen a similar result. I don't think you could have swapped Bill out with anyone. Hmm. That would be my argument. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm still. I need to go off into the mountains and spend some time with <laughs> monk to work this Speculate one out. On it's, it's a real poser. Yeah. Well, I brought up the Pats because I actually wanted to request a trumpet. To be honest, Gav, um, because right now the top pass rushing grades belong to T.J. Watt, and, and in joint second place, Miles Garrett and one Chase Winovich. How many, how many pressures? How many pressures has he got? Oh, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but oh, dear. Um, the pass rushing grade is exceptionally high, and he looks legit, dude. And, I, and listen, listen, he was literally on Twitter in the third round tweeting the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft him. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't need him at the moment. Well, I suppose so. But who did we draft in the? Th- I'd like to go back and, and remember who we drafted because I want to decide whether or not it was uh, it was reasonable. Because I, I bet it wasn't um, last year. No, it wasn't last year, was it? Was it, was it year before? I can't remember now. The draft before last. Keep talking. <laughs> oh, we'll find out. But yeah, no, I think the Pats are. Uh, I don't think they're real Super Bowl contenders. I, I've got them in the question mark category right now. But Bill always worries me. I just think he can win any game. What do you think about the Pats, Rich? You know what? Didn't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed it. I meant to watch it, and something came up. So I, I, I couldn't see it. 
Okay. I, I just think that team's scary with Cam Newton in general. I'm halfway there. I can I'm see. halfway there. <laughs> okay, let's start Chiefs and Ravens while he, while he does this. Because um, it look at the moment it's looking like uh, Deontay Johnson. Well, that was second round though, right? No, third round. Really? DJ was third round. Yeah, sixty-six overall. Oh wow! Third round. Justice Justin Lane was at number eighty-three, third round. So I need to find out exactly where Chase was taken. <laughs> We've gone down the trumpet rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Gav's got to check if I uh, correctly received my dub. He was he was pick seventy seven. So, so before Justin, yeah, Lane, so, after so it was either it's Deontay Johnson or Chase Winovich. And who who was our second round pick? Didn't have one. <sighs> Didn't have one because we traded up, right? Bush. Hmm. Okay, I need to go to the mountains and think on that. Yeah, I'm going to come. I'm, I'm going Deontay there. I've got to say, I think he's going to be. I think you know. Uh, yeah, pass rushers don't grow on trees, but they've they've got two in the house already, and 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 Johnson's shown that what he can do for this offense. So I'm, well, I'm sticking. Whatever, I'm it doesn't take away from the fact that Chase Winovich is great. So I'm I'm keeping the dub. Um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs and the Ravens, AFC. Uh, the Ravens got kind of decimated by the Chiefs. Really, I know we spoke about it a bit last week. Uh, I think the Chiefs are still the class of the NFL, and I think they'll win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's. I'd say it's at least fifty percent likely that they're the, they're the crown champions. Wow! At least that's that's massive odds. Was everyone keeping the the, the was, did everyone pick the Chiefs for the Super? I can't remember. Now. I thought half of you. Picked no, the me Steelers. and Rich picked the Steelers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that Steelers can beat the Chiefs. Did you see? I mean, watch the game, the game, the uh, Chargers game. Look what the Chargers defense did. That is true. The Chargers have always play, played the, the Chiefs hard, though, right? It's kind of like, um, you know, sometimes we struggle with the Browns. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. I don't know. Um, they always, they seem to have their number a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, this AFC playoffs picture concerns me a bit because you've got the Ravens and the Chiefs sitting there. That's going to be tough to get through. Yeah, I, I still feel like we don't really know what the Steelers completely are totally, until totally. We could get until until they play the Brown, you know, play some division games. Yeah, yeah. Brown, Browns and Ravens, especially. That Ravens game is going to be telling, I think. Um, on the other side of the scale, who, who's in pole position for the number one pick right now? Some teams I've got. Oh, Jets, man. Yeah. They're going to ruin another quarterback. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I wrote down some teams, so humour me. Um, Jets were obviously first on the list, then Giants, uh, Jags, Bengals, Texans are 0-4, Falcons are 0-4. Um, I think the Falcons are the ones to sort of break out and not and not, and not be in that bottom. I think the Texans yeah, should as well. Bit. I think the Texans are too talented. Yeah, I mean, it depends what happens. But, I mean, what, what, what do the Giants do? I mean... The Giants are in Barkley. a weird position. They're in a weird place. What do you do if you get that number? You know that number two pick. Do you go with Fields or do you stick with stick with Jones? Do they go? I mean, do you go for a pass rusher? What do you do there? That's a horrible know. situation. I don't know. I think you've got to trade out of that. You pick. Trade it. Trade out of it. Yeah. Who's going to trade into it? Well, I think people like Fields, right? Obviously, Lawrence is the presumed number one, assuming he comes out. So that's, maybe that's somebody ugly. would be willing to come up for it, but. Um, Minshew Mania with the Jags seems to have 
fallen off a little bit after the first two weeks? Maybe people have caught up to them th- a little bit. I think they're playing well enough to to not tank. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think the Jets are nailed on for the. I think the Jets are zero sixteen. Bad. You know. I mean, watch that Broncos game. The Broncos didn't almost didn't deserve to win, but the Jets definitely didn't. You know, I, I felt like the, they should just have ended that game at halftime and given them both losses. To be honest. Are the Broncos in the conversation? The Broncos are definitely in the conversation, mainly down to injury, I think. Though, you know, I, I thought the Broncos could have a sneaky good season, and I think they've just been decimated with first with Von Miller, and then with all the offensive weapons and Drew Locke. They're they're in a tough spot right now, but but as a team, you know, I'm not ready to to panic about them. Were the Texans on your list? The Texans are on the list, yeah, zero and four. But but again, they fired Bob now, right? I wanted to ask you about that actually. Yeah. Um, you know, what are you thinking about the firing of of O'Brien? He's left the building on fire, hasn't he? He's just he's, <laughs> he's run out with the fire extinguisher. Shit, left the pot, really, hasn't he? Yeah. Shame they couldn't fire him as a GM and keep him as a coach. Cause I think he's perfectly fine as a coach, but it's just his GM decisions. Just he's like, yeah, he's fucking himself up. Basically, is what he's done. I mean, I know that there's all the stories come out that he's fallen out with Newt yeah. Hopkins and yeah. everything, but how can you let that guy get away from your team? I mean. And we, you know, you 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 look like you were getting some trumpets on in week one for your David Johnson love, but he's fallen off. <laughs> yeah. That trade's just not working out at all. It just looks awful. It does. It looks worse every week. But it'd be interesting to see who steps into that void, because I think there's some talent on that team. You know, I, I think that that Watson deserves better, and he's not in the Sam Darnold category. You know, I don't think he can be ruined at this stage. I think. I think he's far too talented and developed where he is as a quarterback. Um, speaking of Sam yeah, everything, Darnold... Everything's happened. We, we, so so everything's saying, happened despite of, of, of what his yeah, situation exactly. compared to Darnold, where he feels like a victim of his situation. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So, how how much is Darnold a victim of his situation? And People are talking about Darnold for the Steelers now. I mean, everyone's for the Steelers as soon as anything comes up, right? But, uh, you know, there's talk of wanting Darnold to be the uh, heir apparent and save him from the Jets. I think he he needs to. See. I feel he's he's like a, a plant that's not been given any sunlight or water and it's just wilting <laughs> in a corner, you know. So you put him in, you know, move the plant, repot him, give him some fertilizer, and maybe he'll grow. But it, that's not going to happen in the Jets with Adam Gase and the ownership there. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a sad corner of a dark room. Can someone draw that for me, please? Like a little, a little corner of plant pots with like um, Sam Darnold and, and Jameson Crowder and the Michael P. Rand just as little faces in. Um... Don't forget Le'Veon. Oh yeah, Le'Veon definitely. There's like faces in little little uh, flower buds, and then like an angry looking roof. It's Adam Gase, and it's that picture of him when he started the press conference for the Jets. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Uh, any, any, anything else? Anyone wants about any other teams that you want to talk about before we uh, move on? Well, just to say that you know who's top of the NFC East right now is the Rams because they beat they're three and zero against the NFC East. So you know what a sorry division. That can't be right. The Seahawks have won every game. No, NFC East. The Rams. The Rams are top of the NFC NFC East because hang on, let me put it up. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Giants and they beat the Cowboys. So they are top. Um, obviously, they're not in that division. I'm saying they're the best, oh. best team. <laughs> you know what I mean, that division's so bad. Do you know, my brain, my brain I, I, I wish you could have seen a picture of me as I was trying to decipher that. My brain was like, the Rams aren't in the NFC East. 
<laughs> I, I was like that gif of the woman who's like, you know, with the math problems floating in front of her face. That's what I look like <laughs> trying to understand what Fell into another dimension. <laughs> no, basically, you know, that, that division is so bad. I mean, who's going to come out of there? Eagles? I, well, we'll talk about the Eagles in a minute, but maybe the Kyle Allen Washington know. team. Um, you you want to say the Cowboys, don't you? I feel like they've shown the most. But, but yeah, awful. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, Prescott's playing awesome. Can't fault him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Seeing as it's bye week, um, we wanted to bring back one of our favourite segments on the show. Um, because we have some time on our hands, and because he was graciously willing to do it. So, uh, Rich, um, huh? I'll hand it over to you in a second, but, but Gav, I believe that, that you have... Uh, there might be a little something. Yeah. Here we go. Here I came to Pittsburgh, I brought my own pants and brought my own shoes. Your action speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, I couldn't stand him, he couldn't stand me, and I wish the hell he'd have traded me. I don't understand what the beef is about. I feared the hell out of him. Like him? No, I didn't like him. I don't assess how I thought we played. The bottom line is we didn't win today. Can I ask your question? You might be good. Got to tip the cap to him. There were 12 minutes. That's how the game goes. And into the man of the year, Franco Harris. The most important thing is what we do. And things of that nature. So in History Corner this week, Little Children's. It's Rich's History <laughs> Corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was nice, Gav. Thank you. That brought a tear to my eye until I started laughing. That was great. It's on the back of mine. Oh, I guess I, I suppose I better uh, have something then, huh? Oh, that was a. That was nice. Um, okay. This was the angelic little voice at the end, by the way. That, that was featuring my my uh, seven year old little daughter. Was it really? Yeah. That's she awesome. Doing that. Yeah, she enjoyed doing that. That's very cool. Towers, I thought it was a great job. Will do. Okay, so any, any guesses? Sorry, before we start, any guesses who the, some of those voices were? Well, I heard Bradshaw. I heard Green. Uh. Who else? Was Joey Porter in there? No, no. We had uh, we had Tomlin, of course. We had um, Coach Cower. Had a little bit of Lynn Swan. No. Oh, Swan! Yes, I did hear Swan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was cool. So, so I was I was thinking, um, what what could I do for a topic this week? And uh, I decided, Simon, to to do one in honor of you. Oh wow! Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, what I what I researched was kicking specialists, uh, <laughs> specifically punters and kickers who were drafted in the first round in the NFL. Ooh. And, you know, there's only been five. Two of them were hybrid kicker punters that, you know, the team wanted to save a roster spot. So they figured they'd get a guy that can punt and kick. Two of them were straight kickers, and one only one was a was a pure punter. Oh wow! Uh, I only know one. Oh really? Okay. Well, the earliest kicker drafted was in 1966 at sixth overall by the Redskins, and that was Charlie Gogolak. And Charlie Gogolak um, had the distinction of being. Uh, he had a style that the the Redskins thought this is something that could catch on. It looks like this guy's 
he's got something here. He's a pretty accurate kicker, and we're going to try him out. So they drafted him in the first round. He is the first soccer-style kicker in the history of the NFL. So they, the, the Redskins drafted him. Also, the uh, Saints drafted Russell Erickslaben in 1979. He was 11th overall. He was a hybrid kicker punter. He set the uh, NCAA record for the longest field goal at 67 yards. Mm. He never really tur- he never really ended up doing well as a kicker, kind of a bust. Uh, his punting numbers were mediocre. He was okay. Uh, Another guy that was drafted in the first round was by the Cardinals, 15th overall, Steve Little. He was a, a kicker-punter hybrid, and he actually tied Russell Eric Slavin's record two weeks later in college at 67-yard field goal. And so what year he, was that? Where were we up to in, in years? This was 78. Okay. He was drafted. So he didn't excel much in punting or kicking. He averaged about 38 yards per punt. He made maybe 48% of his field goals. So that was kind of a bust, too. So you have Eric Slaben, little busts. Charlie Goglak was a decent kicker. So uh, then we have one team that drafted the last two players. The Oakland Raiders drafted Sebastian Janikowski in, in 2000, 17th overall. And it ended up being a pretty good pick. He played a long time. I don't have the number of years he played here, but he is the Raiders' all-time leading scorer. And he tied a record for the longest field goal at 63 yards. So the guy ended up being, you could say he probably is worth the pick. Um, Now, the guy I really want to concentrate on is the last one. He was the only punter ever drafted in the first round in the NFL. He's drafted in 1973, 23 overall by the Oakland Raiders, and his name is Ray Guy. Ray Guy was... Freaking amazing. I, you know, honestly, as a kid, I would watch Raider games just to watch Ray Guy punt the football. I mean, that's that's true. He was he was incredible. Um, I knew some of this stuff, but before I researched him, I didn't realize how great of an athlete this guy this guy was. Um, in high school, he played quarterback, safety, punter, and kicker. And he led his uh, high school team to two straight state titles. Now, there's a story that the high school track coach asked him to help his team out in the straight uh, state regionals one year because he wasn't on the track team, but they knew how good of an athlete he was. So he went with the team to the state regionals, and he ended up winning the discus throw and the triple jump. And he never did the triple jump before in his life, but they taught him how to do it on the bus ride to the event, and he goes and he wins it. (laughs) It's pretty insane. So – he was also a high school pitcher, and he could pitch a, he could throw a fastball 95 miles an hour, which is really fast for it, for any level. Um, he ended up being recruited to play both football and baseball at the University of Southern Mississippi. Now he excelled in both sports. In baseball, he struck out 260 batters in only 31 games, and he ended up being drafted by the Cincinnati Redskins of Major League Baseball. In football, in college football, besides being the punter, he was an All-American safety, and he still holds the school's single-season interception record of eight interceptions. He was also the kicker and once hit a 61-yard field goal to win the game against the University of Utah, which was an NCAA record at the time. As a punter, the guy was amazing. He, he was... <laughs> He was responsible for an outrageous 93-yard punt against the University of Mississippi um, that rolled out of the end zone and traveled a total of 115 yards before a fence stopped it. <laughs> it should know, still be going now, that punt. 
It's crazy. Like, you look at these guys that get off big kicks every now in the NFL. Usually what happens is they go up, they travel about 60 yards, and then they get a huge roll, right? Yeah. This guy, I mean, this punt had to be over 70 yards. I mean, to travel 115, that's just that's just insane. And he led the NCAA in punting that year with a 46.2-yard average. A little better than our guy Barry, huh, Simon? <laughs> just a sub. <laughs> is this so, guy available? <laughs> Yeah, he probably still could punt really well. So this guy, Rick Cleveland, he's the executive director of Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, and he was also a sports writer in the area for 40 years. Now, he covered a lot of players in his 40 years. He covered Walter Payton, Steve McNair, the Manning brothers, Jerry Rice. But Cleveland says to this day, Ray Guy was the best athlete he ever saw. So, like I said, in 1973, the Raiders drafted Guy. First round, 23rd overall. So... One of his amazing abilities as a punter, the guy could do it all. I mean, but one of his amazing abilities was his height and hang time of his punt. In fact, the term hang time was coined because of Ray Guy. They didn't start measuring it until Ray Guy came along because this guy had this incredible hang time. Now, normally hang time was about 4.5 seconds. That's pretty good. Elite punters would hit around the 5.5, maybe the six second mark. Ray Guy had a one year uh, had a punt of seventy one yards in the air, and it it was an eight second hang time. <laughs> eight second hang time in nineteen seventy six. That thing's not coming down with frost on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? In nineteen seventy six, in the Pro Bowl, right? They were they were playing in the uh, Superdome, and um, Ray Guy bounced a punt off the bottom of the scoreboard that hung 90 feet in the air. So because of that, they had to raise that scoreboard up the, uh, like another 50 feet. Again. I love stuff but, like that. <laughs> oh, it's insane. People in the NFL, like, have never seen anything like this. In 1977, the Oilers punt returned, or a guy you guys probably heard of, because we all watched the um, 100 best players, of or 100th year of football, the best players in the NFL. And um, Hall of Famer Billy White Shoes Johnson accused the Raiders of putting helium in the football. <laughs> so Oiler coach Bob Phillips, he grabs one of the Raider balls, right? Takes it. And he ends up sending it to Rice University to be tested. And it came out that there's, it, it turned out there was no helium in the ball. Uh, yeah. It, even scientifically accurate. Like if you, that's, that's, that's ridiculous, man. That's going back to Dave's balloon volleyball. That's, that's, that wouldn't happen, <laughs> So this guy's ability to stop dangerous punt returners from popping big plays was, I mean, was huge because he just, he would, the, the coverage, he would outkick, you know, the coverage would, would come down and just be standing there and waiting for the ball to, to, for the guy to fair catch the ball. I mean, it was, it was insane. But this ability also, it, it hurt his punting average because he did this a lot and he was asked on to do this a lot because there were some dangerous returners in the NFL. And so what happened, if, if you look at Ray Guy's all-time punting average, you'll see that. It's not that impressive, but it doesn't doesn't absolutely doesn't tell the whole story. He's like 80th all time in punting average. His punting average is 42.4, um, which doesn't really jump off the, the screen at you. But it's because he 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 was he was so adept at kicking these high punts that they couldn't return punts on him. And then every now and then, when he had to, he'd 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 bang a long one. He'd bang a 70 70 yarder. Um, but. Um, uh, he, uh, he he made this play one time in the Super Bowl. You guys got to check it out one time that 
the ball was was uh, snapped way over his head. He he got up high, grabbed the ball with one arm like an Odell Beckham catch, came down and just like calmly pounded the ball. Check it out. It's on. I know it's on YouTube. It's really freaking amazing. But he did it like so effortlessly. But he ended up playing 14 seasons. Um, as he got older, he really mastered. Uh, when his leg got weaker and he got older, he ended up mastering the uh, how to how to uh, pin players back inside their own twenty yard line. And in his final seasons, he had seventy seven punts in his final three seasons inside the twenty yard line. It's just crazy. So, so Ray Guy is the only punter ever drafted in the first round. He set the rookie record for punting average, which was forty five point three. Three times he led the NFL in punting, and three times he was second. He was a pro bowler seven times. He was a first team all pro six straight seasons and a second team all pro twice. He's on the 1970s all decade team and uh, the 1990, uh, 1994's all 75th anniversary team. He was on the all time team put together in 2000 and he was in the NFL's 100th anniversary all time team that we all watched on television. And last but not least, he is the first and only punter ever inducted, pure punter, that is, pure punter, ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. So the guy's just amazing. It was really fun researching him because, I, like I said, I enjoyed watching him play as a kid. And, I, I mean, some of these things I, I never knew and is just blew my mind. The guy's just just was an amazing athlete. So was he on all three of the Raiders' Uh, yes. Super Bowl winning teams. Yes. So does that does that tie into the the point that punters matter? Yeah, I, you know. I mean, look, you got to you know Al Davis, love him or hate the guy. The guy was a football genius, you know, and he drafted both of these guys, you know, uh, Ray Guy and, and Sebastian Janikowski, you know, and and um, I would say, I mean, you you know, I read interviews with Tom Flores and John Madden. They say absolutely, the guy was vital to their success. You know, there was so much you could do with the guy. And I didn't mention this in the story, but he was the third string quarterback. <laughs> you know, so just, I mean, these guys like this, they don't come around all that often. It's pretty, pretty incredible. That's awesome. Man. And what would you rather have, right? Him or Artie Burns? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so never tell me that uh, first round punt is out of the question. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wonder if we'll ever see it again. I mean, it's been you know uh, 1973. That's it would ha- it would take somebody pretty special. I'd be surprised just because of the optics of it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose maybe if a guy just was so insane at the college level, you know, he could just pinpoint punts and you know he could, he could be used as a weapon. But it would have to be it have to be next level, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's history awesome. Of, uh, drafted kickers recently has not been great, has it? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I think. It's difficult with kickers, right? They never seem to translate exactly how you expect them to, do they? But... Well, you know what killed these guys that I mentioned earlier in, the, in this Little and Ericsleben that really killed them? Because they had those long 67-yard field goals in college, both of them. What killed them is in 1989, up to 1989, you could kick in college. Your, all your field goals and extra points were kicked off a two-inch kicking tee, uh-huh. right? It was like a flat block. It wasn't the kicking tee that you set the ball in and it stands up on its own. It's not that kind. It's the kind of, it's just like a flat block two inches above the ground and the holder would grab the snap and set the ball on that block. Mm. So that gives you extra, I mean, it made a big difference. And when these guys got to the pros, it, it really screwed them up kicking off the ground. And that's why a lot of these guys that were great kickers in college, 
they came in the pros and they had some serious problems. But in 1989, they got rid of that tee because they wanted these guys to, to be more prepared for the pros and they wanted to be closer to the pro game. So they got rid of it, the, the kicking tee in 89. When did they get rid of the... Sorry, go. No, you go, you go. When did they get rid of the special kicking boot that had that wedge in the end of it? Uh, the, guys, the guys that kicked straight on, they, didn't, they weren't like soccer-style kickers. They just kicked straight on and they had a special... Yeah. They had a shoe. They had a shoe that was. It wasn't really. I, I, I don't know how special it was as far as the material that was inside the shoe, but it was a. It was a flat-toed uh, uh, football shoe. So you know how how shoes are rounded at the toe. These were flat and they were built just for kickers. And I remember my kicker on our high school team used one, and they would sometimes they would tie a shoelace around the cleats on the bottom, and t- and then tie the other end around the calf, and they would raise that toe up even a little more. Um, so it was like a kind of a special shoe, but Tom Dempsey, who was the guy who kicked the longest field goal back in the, for the saints, who was the first guy to kick a 63 yarder back in the late sixties, early seventies around there. He was actually, um, he actually had physical ailments where, where he was born, born without one hand and only half of a foot. And he kicked with that foot and he, he wore a special shoe. He wore a shoe that it was made of wood or something and it was flat in front and I actually saw him kick as a kid. And when he kicked that ball, it was like a cannon going off. He kicked the highest extra points and furthest extra points I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's incredible the height and the distance he got on the ball. But he did have a special shoe. But the rest of the straight-on kickers, they just basically had a flat, flat-toed flat shoe. For, yeah. What about the uh, the barefoot kickers? Mm-hmm. What happened to them? And didn't, didn't the Steelers have a barefoot kicker? Yeah, they did. I can't remember his name right I don't now. I remember his name either. It didn't last too long, I don't think. It was kind of a fad. Like I guess you know, it was something that a guy felt comfortable doing. But I don't, I don't know how it actually helped you. But <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that was amazing. Thank you, Rich. I, 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 that, I didn't know. Seabass was the only guy I could have told you was the first round kicker. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's, he, that's really cool. He was good, and he was yeah. good too. Yeah. Davis knew what he was doing. Man. Yeah, he's only just career's only just really ended, isn't it? When yeah, did he retire? yeah, last, last, last year, year right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So it's longevity, isn't it? That's 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 what it's about, and I think this he's proves got... that that you know punters make dynasties. I think that's what we've got out of this. <laughs> you got you got you got that pick, and then you have got Darius Hayward Bay in the first round, and you know Marcus Russell. Yeah, that's gonna that's the other one I was gonna go to. So. <laughs> Let, let's not look at who the Steelers drafted that year in the first round. You know, hearing about these like seventy yard plus punts, it makes me think of like a a training montage in a film where there's like some returner waiting to receive it and just sails over his head because he's like he's nowhere near where he should be because it's just gone absolutely belted over him. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Okay, you guys, Billy White Shoes Johnson, right? That I mentioned from the. Yeah. Uh, do you know what distinction he holds? No. First ever touchdown celebration. <laughs> oh really? What did they do before that? They just shook hands and they just went lit, lit a cigarette. Shake, yeah, shake their hands, shake hands with the teammates. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It was very, it's very distinctive too. You guys should check it out on YouTube. I, I remember watching it as a kid. But what counts as a celebration? Surely, surely before that, like other teammates must have run over and jumped up. No. Well, they would spike the ball, and yeah, they okay. would jump other. But as far as having a dedicated touchdown celebration, oh, okay. okay, like a, like a. A thing that they did. Yeah, he okay. was the. 
Okay, not yes. like um, who uh, the Forty Niners have got that that selfie screen now. Mm, yeah, That's a few awful. teams have done. Yeah, I've, I keep seeing that. That it's like it like deli- like relegates the, the 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 scorers to look look like children yeah, in front of a TV. And, and job. players are obsessed it's with awful. it. They all just want to run up to the screen and watch themselves. Yeah, it's so pathetic. Yeah, that's Get on my radar. That. A bit. that needs to go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Who was it that wiped their ass with the football? Was it? OBJ? Oh, it was Jermaine Curse. It was. Yeah. I don't know what what so typical that I knew. That's the thing that I knew straight away. You know, <laughs> Rich knows all this stuff, and what do I know? The guy who wiped his ass with the football in the Super Bowl. Come on, talk some shit. <laughs> oh, that'll be the history corner that I do, you know, in, in, in 30 years. Dear me. Um, okay. We're going to move on. We're, we're going to preview the Eagles game. Now, Rich, I know you have a hard out. Have you got time to, to, to do this with us? Or I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I have time. Thank you. Cool. So, we got the Eagles game this week, hopefully. <laughs> Um, assuming the league, Simon. Come on. Assume, assuming the league doesn't, you know, fall into a sinkhole. Um, Meteor strike on. Yeah. Uh, come on, man. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> Don't turn into Mark Sessler. Here. <laughs> um, so this is the yeah we got the battle. So right, okay. So this this is the way I laid this out. Right, we got the battle of Pennsylvania as we take on the NFC East division leaders, the mighty Eagles, fresh off defeat in the reigning NFC champions. Neighbors in geographical terms and also in every alphabetical list. Mm, yeah, Not that mm. we're always every, yeah, it's always the uh, Eagles and a right team there. with a, a joint history in the Steagles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. it's, in terms of the matchup, um, I, I'm actually really confident about this. I, I don't think that should come as a great surprise, but I know you see me as the eternal pessimist. Um, the Eagles are in the midst of a crisis. Um, I don't think they can be overlooked. I mean, they beat they beat the Niners right last week. Um, they were heavily depleted, albeit, but but I'm actually kind of glad that they beat the Niners because I feel like sometimes these teams that maybe shouldn't be winless but are tend to they almost force out a win you know Dan Dan, Dan Hansis talks about the cornered animal game right well if they'd have lost that game with the Niners this would have been a, a, a massive cornered animal game I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off they still of course need to you know going to go out and win this game but not being winless now uh, I think is probably a positive actually for us um I don't know if that makes any sense at all to you, Gav. It does, it does. But my issue with this game is if the Steelers win this game, they've proved nothing. Yes. If the Steelers yeah. lose this game, yeah. they prove nothing. Well, if they lose the game, we prove a lot, I think. No, I don't think so. I think it's just you, you put it down to, uh, you know, it's, it's losing the game they shouldn't have done. They've come out of the bye. It's, it's all, there's so many excuses you can put on it. I, I, I think this game proves nothing. And that's what that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier when I said about the Browns coming down the track. I think I think yeah. that I think you can win or lose this game, and no conclusions can be drawn about your prospects. Let, let me tell you right now, Gav. If we lose this game, I'm going to be drawing some heavy conclusions. <laughs> 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 um, I, I know what you say. I know what you say. Because it, it, it's a game we should win easily. In fairness, I mean, looking at the Eagles right now, they're they're a mess. I mean, especially on offense, right? The 28th in total yards per game, the 26th in points, um, the, the minus five in turnover differential, which is 29th in the league. So, you know, they're approaching bottom of the, the league in, in almost every category. Um, Wentz is a complete mess. He's uh, bottom of the league in um, quite a lot of categories. <laughs> he's not, not rushing the footballer. He's, he's doing quite well at that. I mean, if you want... <laughs> okay. If you want to be Lamar Jackson, 
<laughs> he's, um, he's doing well. He's he's running the football well. That's one thing he's doing well. And, he's, and he's when, also when he does more interceptions football, than he has in his entire, you know, yeah. last three years. Sure, he's he's not he's not throwing the ball well. But when he's he's, I think part of the reason they won that game was for him rushing the ball. Not designed to scramble him. Uh, he did it well. That impressed me. But the rest of his game's falling apart. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, throwing flutter balls all over the place. Awful. He looks rattled. He, he looks totally rattled. And you can understand why. I mean, their offense, offensive line is just patchwork right now, right? They've got one guy who's a starter. They've know, got a rugby Kelsey. guy playing. Well, on the O-line? Yeah. Jordan Mailata. Oh, okay. He's a rugby guy. And he played pretty well, i got to say. I was impressed. But just... yeah, he's an ex-rugby player, but he's playing at tackle. The, the, the two tackles are fine. If, if, if Lane Johnson can go, can he go? Do we know? He's, he's nursing an ankle injury, so we don't know yet. But yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty you, beat up. You've got to think the pass rush has is, is, is got to eat on this game. I mean, I, I imagine the, the game plan is going to be to get the ball out quick. I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Miles Sanders in this game receiving the ball. It wouldn't surprise me to see. I think we're going to see him try and force the ball to Zach Ertz a lot. Is he the best back the Steelers have faced this year? You could argue Melvin Gordon, maybe. But... Well, the answer is Saquon Barkley. He didn't play well. But... Sure. All right, yeah. In, from a from a, a pure, in a vacuum sense, yes. Yeah. And yeah. in, in terms of their their run run scheme and everything, he was he didn't exist. But I, I I'm worried about Sanders. I think he could. Could be dangerous. Well, I agree. He he kind of offers something that's a little bit different to what we have been successful at facing so far, right? I think is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a shifty guy. We've we've shown that we can be undone by screens and and quick passes to, to running backs. I think. I mean, I had some success with the read option too. Mm-hmm. They've got to be worried about that. Yep. Because we've that's what I'm saying. I'm getting out with with Wentz on the run, and Sanders. That's that's two weapons right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. But they've also allowed. Um, they're also thirtieth in sacks allowed, right? And we're we're actually second to the Eagles right now in in sacks. Well, that's because they played an extra game. Um, I think sacks per game were first, so that, that's not a good matchup for them. You know. No, the middle of their line is is dire. So, so I, I'd expect more 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 pressure up the middle. Expect oh yeah, to see some I could to see it, that. To it and Haywood eating. I would like that. I'd like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ertz is a, 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 kind of the key, eye, key guy to focus on. I think Tomlin said that in his press conference. Um, the Eagles, Do we know if Goddard's still out? Yeah, he is. He's on IR till week seven. So oh, he's on IR. Oh, he's definitely out. yeah. Because that, that 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 hurts. That hurts. That hurts them a well. lot. He's one of, yeah. The Eagles apparently run out of twelve personnel like way more than any other team in the NFL, which I didn't realize until I was reading about them this week. Um, like twenty percent more than any other team in the NFL. I think the Steelers could be getting up there at the rate they're going. Well, yeah. So they've got uh, Richard Rogers, who is apparently a real human being. He was on the Packers for a while. He was one of those guys <laughs> you picked up and then dropped on your fantasy team. Richard Rogers, Maybe. come on, we got to get yeah, better with these names. This is this is all a simulation, but come on, <laughs> we got to get better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dallas got to be announced a big one, but but the, the main issue is the receivers, right? Um, <laughs> they got Greg Ward, the undrafted. Wide receiver is the wide receiver one. Um, all three, to be fair, we could see some of their starters come back. All three of them are questionable: Deshaun Jackson, Austin Jeffrey, and Gab's what boy. Been done? Gab's yeah, boy, JJ Arthega Whiteside. Can we get one of those um, sound drops yet, Gab? Are you going to not allow me that yet? No, I'm not allowed that yet. Oh. Not allowed that. Oh. Not allowed that. But 
yeah, what what has this team done? They 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 drafted three wide receivers because they were so injury burnt last season, and they're back in the same hole, starting the same like, husks. All injured uh, again. Jalen Rakers on IR. Yeah. And they, 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 you know, Fulgram, Fulgham. I don't even know the dude's name. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure if Wentz knows his name. He's throwing like deep shots to him and catching passes. Well, on the one hand, I'm kind of upset because you know I kind of want this secondary to prove themselves, the Steelers. That is, um, after the first three weeks where we've seen ta- at times where they've been a bit more shaky, and we've expressed concern at that, right? But at the same time, if if, if we see those same mistakes here, we see issues here. That's really concerning. So maybe well, that'll tell us something. into my, my bold prediction, but I think this is a get-right game for the Steelers' second Yeah, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Um, Rich, how are you feeling about this game? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I feel good. You guys covered it pretty well. Um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think um, Wentz is going to have much time to pass at all. I think we're going to be all over him. Um I can't see this being much of a problem for us. Sanders could could be an issue, but um, nobody really has so far with a little bit of success from Gordon. Um, yeah, I just don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough to beat us. Their their best receivers are are all hurt. You know, um, I, I think I think we win this game pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think offensively on our side, I think things that maybe. I don't know if, if you agree, a little bit trickier on that side of the ball. Um, I think their D-line is, is still dangerous. The, the, their line's good. Their linebackers are dire. Yeah. Can you name the linebackers on any of their oh, linebackers? What was the one yeah. guy called who returned the touchdown last week? Alex. Well, forget him. He was a special teamer. <laughs> He's a linebacker. Who are, their, who are their starters at linebacker? Uh, I've got three names here. I uh, hadn't heard of any of them. All right, I'll give you two because you're not going to get. I do, I do know. I, no, I do know one of them. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, you put your hand up if you know him, and you can give yourself a point. Duke Riley, Nathan Jerry, and T.J. Edwards. That's their starters, man. No. And and it showed. <laughs> you saw against the 49ers how many times they had eight men in the box, and 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 the 49ers. Would, I mean, I know it's Shannon Hannigan's, and you know he's like the, you know, the Mozart of running games or whatever. But they were getting they were getting five yards of carry against a, a, a you know eight man stacked box every time. And then, and then we saw what Kittle did. I mean, he just destroyed them. So I'm, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to have that success because I'm not sure the run game is at the same level as the 49ers run game or, or the tight end play. But it's encouraging. And I think the run game could have a day here. Hmm. It's shocking, man. I mean, we'll, we'll see. You think? You we'll think, see. So my only, my, only, my only concern there, though, is they've got a str- they're strong up front, especially in the middle. We've got Fletcher Cox, the old boy, Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, you just need just need some holes there. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be an interesting level, and you can break some big ones. I think, yeah, definitely. I think that'd be an interesting matchup, though. I think because I, that's where I'm looking right now for the Steelers is the run game, secondary first of all, and then the run game because the run game's been up and down this season, right? We've seen them successfully be able to grind out the end of games, but we've also seen them sort of kill drives with the run game early and, and be unable to sort of get to that sort of average four yards a carry to keep drives alive. Um. I kind of want to see with David DeCastro here now against possibly a slightly uh, more intimidating defensive line whether we can still get that push and whether James Connor can still have a big day. I think it's entirely possible. I, st- I still think uh, uh, we're going to see more AMF come in. I know oh, you yeah. dropped him in the fantasy league. But, um, I didn't drop him. 
no dave i think it was oh. or maybe it was lee i don't know someone talked to me. anyway um and they, they've got they've got their own mike hilton who you've probably not heard of but someone that oh, shows up i do know yeah uh, he's got a funny name or pass rusher go on it's french right it's like a french it sounds name. very french it sounds like a french sandwich <laughs> uh no go on cravon leblanc oh i should remember that because of joey what a name yeah <laughs> any relation to matt <laughs> Crevion, Crevi- I don't know. It's got like an apostrophe. Kind of sounds like a like a pancake. Yeah, I'm hungry. Anyway, so watch out for him. He's a, like a hipster dude that no one knows about. Oh dear. Well, to be fair, the UK um, Eagles podcast probably having the same conversation about Mike Hilton. So, yeah, Mike <laughs> Hilton. Ton. <laughs> um, on the back end, uh, Darius Slay is the big name in this in this defense in the secondary. Um, after a big move from the Lions, um, he's looked good so far. Um, I, I think I was surprised to see him not on the injury um, list this week. To be honest, after I don't know if you saw it, he got like he took a nasty um, block to the knee, kind of hobbled yeah. away. I, I was surprised that he was perfectly fine, apparently, but he's still there. So we, we could. See, I don't know if he's is he does he tend to be a guy who shadows receivers or is he more of a is he, is that like that's. One of the strengths of this Steelers wide receiver core. Who, who would yeah. you shadow? Who yeah, would you well, take exactly. out this? That's what I was going to say. Would, would it be DJ or Juju? You know, maybe one of those guys has a slow day, but the rest eat. You know. Yeah, Ebron. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could have a good day. Ebron could make a mismatch with these like this linebacking core. Yeah. If you sure. can get some of these linebackers trying to cover him, they could be in real trouble. So I, I like our depth there, Dave. What are you thinking overall? I was struggling to find something I was worried about with the Eagles. Maybe it's my, <laughs> uh, maybe it's that my fault in that. But um, no, I, I think it, I don't know. There's there's nothing that really there's no one you look at and go, oh god, I'm scared of them. Maybe um, maybe hurts. I don't know. Um, I mean, they've not got much in terms of receivers left, and I think a report I looked at earlier in the week. I think Jackson's the most likely one to return, but even that's pretty pretty uh, long shot for him to return um i think the the biggest thing that worries me is what the steelers do to themselves mm. they notorious for playing down to teams as you say the secondary is a, a concern um it's i don't know I, I i hope i hope you're right in that it's it's sort of redeeming themselves but how much is it redeeming themselves against carson wentz you know it, i don't know um I'm unsure on them. I'm, I'm yet to be sold on the secondary at the minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's what the Steelers can do to themselves that concerns me, not the Eagles. Yep, totally makes sense. Yeah, the the fear is always there with this team that we'll play down to someone. But absolutely, uh, I'm just I'm telling myself it's not going to be this game because I'm just like you say, I'm looking around. I'm just not seeing the the threat. Mm. But yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Gav's right. Maybe it's the the, the RPOs and, and Miles Sanders could maybe burn us. Would you start Miles Sanders in fantasy this week, Gav? I would. Yeah. I was talking about going to get. Oh, yeah. I, was gonna think, I think he's going to get receptions and carries, but whether that that's effective on the win a game, I'm not sure. Mm. But I think it, I think he's I think I like him. I think he's a good solid player. Maybe not the best in pass protection, but in terms of running the ball and catching the ball, he's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, bold predictions. I'm thinking. I've got one, but I, I, I don't know if it's bold enough. I'll let, I'll let a couple of you guys go first if you've got. Oh, I tease mine. I tease okay. mine. I thought. Okay, so I, I, I think Minka's going to have a great day. Ooh. It's not. It's not. I'm not going to put it all on Minka, but I think I, I'm going to go with 
the Steelers are going to have two interceptions from different QBs. So basically what I'm saying Ooh. is mm. Wentz is going to get smashed around in the pocket, get picked, and then they're going to put they're going to try some crazy stuff with, with Jalen Hurts and he's going to get picked too. So that's that's my pick. I like that's that. That's that's a good bold prediction. prediction. I like it. That's that's very bold. I like it. I like it a lot. Dave. Mine's probably similarly bold. Uh, Carlson went to score two touchdowns. What? Running the ball? Oh, rushing. Passing. Only two. Held to two. Exactly two? Exactly two. Okay. <laughs> and, and wait, wait, wait. Maybe it's not quite as bold. Is it, <laughs> in, in, any, in any format? So he could rush for one and pass for one? To pass, pass two. See, he's, he's, he's not passed for two since week one. Oh, okay. So he's... he's... He's passing for two touchdowns, and that's it. Yes. No rushing touchdowns. No. No more touchdowns. But if he passes for three touchdowns, then I'm done. Okay. It is. Okay. You you kind of you laid that out as being. I was expecting something very bold. Well. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. C minus on that one, Rich. Uh, TJ Watt will get three sacks and a forced fumble. Nice. Okay. Nice. Back on TJ Watt. Playing. Okay, Gav, tell me if this is bold enough. Um, I'm going to go with we hold the Eagles under 10 points. That's quite bold. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay. I wasn't sure whether you are going to give me that. It's borderline, but I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not many times you hold a team to under 10, because garbage time and everything. So. I'm surprised you didn't go with the old uh, three touchdowns for JJ Athega Whiteside. Yeah. I, it means I, it means I will be cheering on Wentz at the end of the game to score some touchdowns. So um, I'm not sure I like that one, but I'll let you have it. Do you want to go score prediction? I've got the Steelers winning this one. Sorry, everyone that hates me for always picking the Steelers. I did pick the Titans to to win against yeah. the Steelers. See, the football gods decided not to play the game, but uh, I've got the Steelers winning this ten point game, twenty seven to seventeen. 27 to 17. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers in kind of what feels like the first blowout of the year. Not scoring crazy amount of points, but, but a good offensive day. 31 to 9. Ooh, oh, we almost got the same one, Simon. Oh, you did the same score? Almost. What have you got? Go on, Rich Sims. You're up. I got 28 to 9. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Not much faith in Go on, the, Boswell. Uh, get that extra field goal. Dave? I had 17-24 Steelers win 17-24 you've confused me I've written 17 24-17 to 24-17 sorry right, okay. wrong way around okay he's got to get them two touchdowns we're at the uh, we're at the uh, we're at the quarter quarter way at the moment uh, Rich and Cy winning on four points me with three points and Dave with two points and this is your confusing score oh, system where you get one on. You get one point for, for what? You get a point for, for picking a team. Obviously, we've got to make our picks yeah, for yeah, yeah. the rest of the league. But then you get a point for a, a bowl prediction and a point for being the right differential and within three of the score. And do you get so two it, points for the exact score? We can add that wrinkle if you want. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. If you get the exact score, you should, you know, you should have, I don't know, you should have bought a lottery ticket that day. Okay, we're good. Okay. So it's to play for, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the gauntlet pick, speaking of this competition this week, um, I actually prepared mine this week, finally. Um, I'm going to go with 
maybe a bit of a weird one, the Texans this week. Nice. Who are 0-4, and I feel like desperately need a win and cannot continue to lose, and B.O.B.'s out the door. You know, sometimes you get that interim head coach bump. Mm. Is it it's Romeo Cronell and Yeah. in charge? I've always liked that guy. Seems seems solid. Was he was he coach for the Chiefs for a while? He, Am I getting that yeah, right? he was. Was he the Chiefs? Yeah, I think he was. He was. Was he was he ex Patriots as well? Yes. Am I that right? Yes. Yeah. He was under. Exactly. Yeah, of that of that lineage. So maybe maybe he deserves a shot again. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Dave, who you got here? Who are you going in for the gauntlet? Have I picked the Cardinals yet? Cause I, but I feel like I've sort of had a run of whoever's playing the Jets. Uh, you haven't picked the Cardinals, and you can. That's what this has turned into this year. Yeah, yep. it's pretty and, much. And, that, and uh, a little teaser, that's who I'm picking too. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Rich, it's probably a pretty good tactic for it's going too, forward. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Although Cardinals have been a bit shaky. That was my I only concern. Know. I thought about it. <laughs> can the Jets beat them? I don't know. I'm not sure they can beat anyone. <laughs> Joe Flacco starting. Oh man! Right, uh, Rich, who are you going for? Well, you know, I was going to go with the Cardinals because I like to play, uh, go against the Jets whenever I can. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <gasps> oh, oh, you're going to find the first one to pick the Steelers. Yeah, it's a good week for it. Okay. Makes Don't know sense. why I'm not doing that. To be honest, I just don't, I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> It was either going to be this game or the Reds, uh, Washington game. Yeah. So I think I'll go with this game. Okay. Okay. Good job. Cool. Does that leave us done with all of our games and, and festivities for the day, Gav? Have I missed anything? That's it. That's all of our uh, little silly nonsense. Yeah. Okay. So it's all good. Nice. That just leaves us with, with you then to take us home, Dave. No pressure. Four large dollars yet. Everything on them. You want onions on your set? I do. Many onions. Now, there's not really a, a question to pose to you guys this week. It's a few sort of bits of news and things that have happened. So feel feel free to chip in. Is this sorry, Dave? Is this because I kept tweeting things at you this week, <laughs> saying it was goodbye? Partly, <laughs> partly. There's a, there's, there's something else that's um, okay. took my attention, but um. I don't know if all you guys are aware of a, a woman called Nia runs a, a podcast called the NFL with Nia. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs a, a great podcast, very knowledgeable woman, fantastic. And she loves, well, she clearly loves to interact with her listeners and fans and stuff, similar to ourselves. She um, beat me in fantasy this week. It was shocking. Did she? Yeah. That's, that's how she good beat she is. you. Yeah. But um, she. Uh, she'd she'd put out a, a tweet, I think, inviting listeners into some sort of chat thing or interacting with them in some. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the result of that was the next day she received eleven dick pics. I saw this from seven different men. You do the maths on that one. Um, <laughs> a couple of multiple offenders. <laughs> so apparently, one felt bold enough to take pictures from multiple angles. Oh, awful. Um, and I. I this kind of a public service announcement. I hope none of these people are listeners to this show, because, like, what what are you, what are you thinking when you're sending one of these pictures? Because it's not a good-looking thing, man. It's 
it's it's it's a hairy brain with a cocktail sausage on top of it. It's not a good looking thing. I, I can't I can't get the mentality that no. people have that that men have to to do this. Stop. Just st- stop doing it. It's I, awesome. I, I don't. It's just weird. I don't get it. But um, Bud Dupree felt bold enough to send one out and <laughs> take a pic of the entire <laughs> all of Twitter. What a time! Did you see this? Did <laughs> you, you see this? You nailed that it, move. It, it was a great advert for, for Bud, Budweiser B. I think Bud Dupree, you know, Bud's in his nickname's Bud. Great. He sat there with a, with a couple of crates of Bud drinking a Bud on, on his bye week. Fantastic. <laughs> and he's got his. Could we call it a slippage in yeah. his shorts? He's got, he's got those just, baggy shorts on. Yeah, he must have known that was there. <sighs> You've got to know. I don't know, man. I could totally see me posting that same picture and not even thinking twice about it. Are you comparing your chap to Bud Dupree? Well, <laughs> <laughs> did you see this, uh, Dave? Uh, sorry, Gavin Rich. I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it. oh yeah. you've got to go look at this. It, the, the best thing was he put it up on his. What was it on? Was it on Snapchat, Dave? I think it was on Instagram or Snapchat. Okay. But I think he's since taken it down. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he got posted over Twitter, but he didn't take it down for like a full day. Like it. Just... It just sat out there, and like, oh, this dude's bollock is just clearly hanging. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, go look up this photo on Twitter. It is so funny because it's his face as well, right, Dave? He's just, you know, like Bud Dupree's yeah. got kind of like an emotionless face. <laughs> He's just blatantly hanging out there. If if he if he did know it was there and it's been done on purpose, then. I don't know what to think of that. I kind of like that more. I don't, I don't know why you <laughs> deliberately hang a ballon. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, he's basically dick pit the entire, all of whatever it was, Instagram, whatever it was he was on. But um, but yeah, the, the other the other thing was um, one that um, Saya told me on 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 Twitter was uh, Carolina singing "Sweet Caroline." <laughs> this is good. And it was it was fantastic. I, I didn't even realise Sweet Caroline was a thing in the states that people sang. Because to me, Sweet Caroline is something you sing after eight pints on the way home from a pub, oh, yeah. <laughs> waking up waking up all your neighbours. But I, I thought it was it was fantastic. And you, they clearly were into it. There's certain younger guys had no clue what was going on, like looking around thinking, "Who? What is this? What is this song?" But um, but yeah, I, I have fond memories of that song. Um, yeah. I've got sort of this, hazy memories. This video was amazing because every player kind of knew, was just so into it. You know, like you are when you sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Uh, and Robbie Anderson. <laughs> it's just, this is the same guy who didn't know who the mascot was, right? Two weeks ago. He sat on the bench, like, not understanding that this was, there was a panther. He didn't even know the mascot of his own team. And then, you know, two weeks later, they're all singing Sweet Caroline. The dude is looking around clueless. He has never heard this song. He has no idea that's what the words are, what anyone's doing. I, I just love the idea that Robbie Anderson just lives in, like, his own little world and, and like, doesn't have a clue what's happening in his team or in Carolina. The bit, the bit I get most involved with with that song is a bit that goes, wah, 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 right? That, that, that's the bit where... What? <laughs> Do that again? <laughs> Where, 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 where you just you, you sing the, the the lyrics right and then you oh, go bah, 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 that bit yeah that bit yeah exactly okay yeah what, what what sound are you making what 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 it's bah, 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 isn't it? yeah it's bah, bah, bah. yeah whatever you go with sweet I'm just saying. Caroline bah, 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 bah. Bah, bah. Yeah, that was like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the delay probably doesn't help 
<laughs> oh, I just thought that was anyway, hilarious. No, it was Damn. good. I mean, that that sort of feel good song for me is um, "Come On Eileen." I hate that song, oh. man. Anyone that knows me knows. Do not play that song. I I cannot stand that. Oh, I've always Sorry, liked that song because I my nan's that. my nan's called Eileen, it. so I've always liked that song. Um, is there any any other feel? What's your feel good song then? If it's not "Come On Eileen." I don't know. What 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 classifies what classifies a feel good song? It, it's got to be a kind of shit song from a bygone era that just no one of, of the modern era really knows what it is. But it's just in the sort of zeitgeist. It just exists, and people know like a line from it. Country roads. Sing around. it when they're drunk. Jump around by House of Pain. Jump around. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. I think Country Roads is the answer. That's the bit. I th- I've, I've argued for a while now that Country Roads might be... Tell me, this is a bit kebabby, right? Tell me what you think of this, Dave. Come. I've argued that Country Roads might be, and hear me out, the best song ever, right? Which but, one's Country Roads again? Remind Country me. I'm not sure Roads, I know what it is. Take uh, me yeah. home. That one. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be the best song ever. Now, now what I mean by this... No, this doesn't... is the Christmas number one all over again, isn't it? <laughs> this doesn't mean that it's like it doesn't have it doesn't have to be everyone's favourite song, right? But it's kind of like in its universality, and it's just like everyone accepts its quality and everyone loves to sing it and like you know what I mean? Like it it's, it crosses all boundaries. Uh, you're no? not selling me. No. What do you think, Rich? It's a good one. I wouldn't say it's the best song of all time, but it's a good one. <laughs> Doesn't have to be your favorite song of all time. I'm just talking about like if you were to poll the world. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the question. This is kind of similar to my like <laughs> argue for each team's position group thing. Where... This is yeah, it's a hard, it's a high bar. It's, it's not a, clear. A song of all time. I'm not sure. Even if nobody agree, even if not one person thought that it was their favorite song, I feel like it could still come first in like the list of like universally loved songs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no one's sold on this one. <laughs> I, I wanted to mention as well, Dave, the last thing that I tagged you in this week. I know Gav hates when I get into like nonsense drama stuff that isn't like you know deeply analytical or something PFF would post. But um, we, we've got to mention the Golden Tate, Jalen Ramsey stuff. What was I, going I, on there? I didn't really mention it because you can't really see much of what's going on. It's just a mass of well, people. It, uh, yeah, the fight itself is, you know, whatever. They were going out all day and then there's a massive brawl at the end. But it's it's the story behind it, dude. Like, I didn't know any of this. Like, so Golden Tate was... Uh, sorry, Jalen Ramsey was dating Golden Tate's sister and had two kids with her and then left her for a stripper in Vegas when she was pregnant. And then, well, they, play, was... and then they play each other. Was... was... We saw Ramsey in in Hard Knocks. Was that? Yeah. Po- I was trying. I was like thinking back. I remember there being a fairly attractive woman in that scene, but I think she was the real tall, yeah, right? She was, yeah. She, but there was pictures of him on the wall because he had those digital photo frame things on the wall where you could swipe, and I saw him and the baby, right? So I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's a bad look, man. It's it a is. bad look. You get the get the sense that like Jalen Ramsey is a bit of a dick. Bit of a yeah. deadline. Bit of a deadline. <laughs> All take. A bit like the, the kind of the same thing that rings off with me about Jamal Adams is is, is the same with probably worse with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, but he's he's a good player. Great, yeah, great players, right? <clears throat> but just I, I sense that I wouldn't want to go for a beer with him, you know. 
Maybe you mm. do. Maybe the, the company is holding. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you wind up running off with a, if you wind up running running off with a, um, a Vegas stripper, then maybe it is worth going for a few yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Good, good, good beer company, but maybe not the best neighbour or or friend. My girlfriend seems to listen to this sometimes. I'm not in support of this. No, <laughs> definitely not. I can attest for that. We're, we're just joking. But no, it's it's yeah, it's a weird one. It's it's kind of reminded me of the the chain snatching. You know, a lead thing where there's just beef simmering away. Yeah, exactly. I love that though. When you've got like a really good DB on wide receiver beef, that's the best thing you get. Yeah, that's that's like the thing that first got me, you know, so into the NFL to the highest level. Right? Was the I always say that was the Richard Sherman outburst at the end of that AFC Championship game. Because you know me, I'm all about the storylines and the drama. Right? This is basically just the WWE for me. Um, mm. that that whole Richard Sherman stuff I, I still go back and revisit that video of him and um, uh, what's the name Erin uh, Andrews is that who it was um, uh, after the game you don't talk about me <laughs> who who was talking about you Crabtree <laughs> dude that's, that, that gives me goosebumps man <laughs> oh. you need to watch some more like real well air quotes, reality TV, that, you'd, you'd dig that kind of stuff. But this, this stuff, at least why I kind of like this stuff, it is reality TV, right? But, like, actually real. Why Whoa. have you not watched Any Given Sunday? I know, it's, it's on the list, dude. It's on the list. It's been on the list, like, for a well, year the I've plan, been bugging I know, the plan was to do a podcast about it in the off-season, but we didn't, we didn't even end up needing the content. So here we are. Well, you can watch it and watch it again. Okay, okay, maybe we'll it, do it that. does deserve multiple viewings. Best, best NFL film, best American football film ever made, in my opinion. Uh, but better know. than Draft Day. It's 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 <laughs> it's above above Draft Day in the <laughs> rankings. <laughs> oh dear! Right, uh, Draft Day's just got on Amazon Prime, by the way. If anyone's not seen it, so go watch Draft Day with Kevin Costner and, and the late Chadwick Boseman as well. Um, uh, high, high point in the Browns in the last couple of decades. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, well, actually, I nearly spoiled the film. Then never mind. Um, okay, <laughs> sorry for the scatter shot kebab corner, Dave. Uh, no, it I'll... was it was it was intended to be that way. I won't so intrude on you. Your... I don't know what was the question. <laughs> <laughs> we so used to structure, Dave, and I've totally yeah. I've totally treaded all over it by tweeting you three times saying this this seems kebabby. Well, there was intended to be no conclusion. It was just sort of a, a free-form kebab corner, if you will, like this it. week. I like it. It's like you've spilt the kebab all over the floor. You know, it's if you had a pitter, it's not falling out, so you can pick it back up again. But if you had a nan, you had no such luck. Wait, can, can we construct a narrative from the three things? So, what, don't don't run off with the stripper. What was the other two? Keep your, your spuds oh, yeah. inside of you. Well, that, that, that ties in. Okay, keep your pants on with strippers. What's the, what was the one in the middle? Uh, sing Sweet Caroline, but know the words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Know what song to sing. Yeah. There you go. It's basically all the same thing, which is just you know, toe the line, man. Don't don't try and do anything crazy. <laughs> if you get a job in Carolina where they pay you ten million dollars a year, maybe you know, learn some basic things about the team. <laughs> no, know your place, otherwise you know don't. You know, otherwise you'll be humbled. Oh dear. There you go. <laughs> Okay, I think that'll do it for this uh, largely loose, unstructured episode of the show. <laughs> Go Steelers. Go Steelers. Um, hopefully we'll come back. I said that last week, 4-0, uh, when we record our next show next week. Um, I think we finished just in time for Rich, for Rich as well. Yeah, um, thank you. 
Go follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart. And follow Gav at GM Boom Up on Twitter. And follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Cheers, guys. Take care, everyone.